Well, I want to invite you to grab your copy of God's Word this morning. Join me once again in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 1, verses 14 through verse 20 is our text this morning. Once again, thank you to our worship team who in Pastor Scott's absence is stepping in and leading us so well each Sunday. Pastor Scott will be back with us off of sabbatical in two weeks. And I want to encourage you to continue praying for him and for his family as they experience this time of rest. I want to ask you as we get ready to dive into this message entitled, Follow Me, how many of you have ever had a gym membership? Hands up if you've ever had a gym membership. How many of you would say that They got more out of your gym membership than you got out of your gym membership. Isn't it funny how that works? Like if you get a gym membership, you actually have to go to experience any type of results. I know that may be shocking for us, but that's the reality. You actually have to follow through With your gym membership, you have to show up week after week after week after week. One push-up is not going to cover it for the rest of your life. It's interesting that I think at times we can think about following Jesus as a one-decision moment when we were saved. And then we're in, and then we don't have to worry about following Jesus anymore. But I want to challenge us this morning to recognize, to understand that there's more to it than just a once upon a time moment where you trust Jesus as your Savior. Yes, in that moment you are justified, but I want you to know if you're a follower of Jesus this morning that your life must be marked by a continual pursuit of walking with Him. So we're going to look at this morning. I want to remind you as we've been walking through the book of Mark that there are parallel passages in the other gospel accounts, and I want to give those to you so that in your time with the Lord over the course of this next week, you can take some time and work through these passages that will will help you at times give you a little more insight into what's going on. Remember that Mark is a just the facts kind of guy. Here's what happened, let's move on. Here's what happened, let's move on. Some of the other gospel accounts give you a lot more details, and so I want you to have those. So Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 22, Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, and John chapter 1, verses 40 through 42. Matthew 4, Luke 5, John chapter 1. I want to read the text for us this morning. And as we do each week, we'll walk back through it verse by verse. Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 14, this is God's Word. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, 
and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in the boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we would be able to see. That you would open our ears that we would be able to hear. And that you would open our hearts and our minds that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. As we look at the text this morning, here's the main idea that will frame our time together as we consider these verses. It's this truth, following Jesus is a lifelong pursuit. Following Jesus is a lifelong pursuit. There are two groups of people here this morning. Some of you have come in today and you have never taken that initial step to follow Jesus. You've never come to the point of recognizing that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, of repenting of your sin and turning and placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and committing to follow Him and His mission that He's laid out for those of us who are believers. You've never come to that moment. And I want you to know that as we walk through the text, we're going to highlight each of those aspects for you to consider this morning. Who is Jesus and what does it mean for me to follow him? And then there are many of you who are already followers of Jesus. And you hearing what we just read are tempted simply to check the box and say, Pastor Michael, I've already done that. I'm already a follower of Jesus. I've already recognized I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I've already placed my faith and trust in Him for salvation. I've already engaged in the mission. And and I want to challenge you this morning to ask the question of yourself. Am I as passionate about that today as I once was? We're going to unpack that For us, not only who are in this room that may not be believers already, and those who are already believers, what does it mean for us to follow Jesus, a lifelong pursuit after Him? If you're taking notes, I want you to write down this first truth. It's printed for you in your bulletin this morning. The call to follow Jesus is, first and foremost, a call to repentance. Kids, I want to encourage you, if you want to take notes this morning, we do this often in pictures, you can draw a picture of a U-turn sign. If you say, Pastor, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's an arrow that has a curl in it, and the point of the arrow is going in the opposite direction. Mom and dad, you just help them out as they draw that picture. Maybe you want to draw it and show it to them. This is what a U-turn looks like. Notice beginning in verse 14. It says, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee. John was arrested by Herod and 
He had called out Herod, who was the governor of the area. He had called out his sin of taking his sister-in-law to be his wife. And John had said, that's not right. And he was imprisoned for that. And Jesus steps in in this moment. His earthly ministry, in a real sense, begins right now. And it says that he began proclaiming the gospel of God. That is the good news of heaven. We've talked about this before, that gospel simply means good news. It's the good news of what Jesus Christ has come to do. That is to do what you and I could not do, to lay his life down, because he is the only perfect one who could offer himself as a sacrifice for our sins. And so Jesus in this moment is proclaiming the gospel of God. And notice, this is what he says in verse 15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. First, repent. As Jesus is making this declaration, the time is fulfilled. He is speaking in terms not of a time as we think about it, a second that's ticking by, but what Jesus is communicating in this moment is that there has been an event that has occurred that will change the landscape of time as we know it. Think back in your own life of moments that happened in this world that radically transformed time as we know it. Think back to 9-11. I was in college at that moment. I remember watching the planes into the towers. I remember and recognizing that, that that changed our perspective from that point moving forward. And what Jesus is communicating to those who are listening is that an event has occurred that is changing time as we know it. Well, what is that? He goes on to say, the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus is declaring that time as you know it has radically been altered because the kingdom of God has come. Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, has taken on flesh and come to dwell among His people. Time as we know it is radically altered from this moment forward. And Jesus is declaring to those who are listening, it's never going to be the same again. And then He calls the people to repent. Repent, to turn from the direction that you are going into the opposite direction, to turn from a path that leads to destruction to a path that leads to life. And where is that found? It is only found in Jesus Christ alone. Not long after Janie and I got engaged, we came to visit her sister, who at that point was living in Brandon. I had never come to this part of Florida ever before. I grew up, we vacationed in Panama City Beach, Florida, the Redneck Riviera. That's where us rednecks from South Georgia went. And so we're riding along and 
We're about an hour into the drive, and Janie said, Michael, where are you going? Church, my response was, I don't know where you're going, but I'm going to Florida. She said, what part of Florida? Church, I was headed to Panama City Beach. And from South Georgia, that's the wrong direction. And so in that moment, I had to make a U-turn and go in the opposite direction that I was going. And Jesus, in this moment, is declaring that following Him will begin with repentance. A turning from the path that leads to destruction. To follow Him. If you're here this morning and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I want you to know that that is the beginning of the journey. That for you, you have to recognize and understand that you are on a path currently, right this moment, that leads to destruction. That you are dead in your sins, Scripture tells us. That there is no way for you to experience forgiveness and eternal life through your own strength and your own power. You have to recognize that you are on a path that is leading to destruction. And you turn in this moment and begin following Jesus. That's a step that you need to take. We'd love to talk with you more about what that looks like. But maybe you're already a follower of Jesus. You say, Pastor, I I recognize that. There was a moment I could go back to that. I remembered where I was or I remember how old I was. I remember for me, I was eight years old. My pastor shared the gospel with me. I recognized in that moment that I was a sinner in need of a Savior. And that was the moment for me of repentance, of turning from my sin and following Jesus. But can I remind us as believers this morning that for us, every single day following Jesus is an opportunity for us to recognize that there are points in our lives that we come to when we need to turn away from sin and we need to follow Jesus. Not to be saved, we are already saved, but to walk in obedience to Him. So you may be a believer here this morning, you say, Pastor, I've already already done that. Let me ask this question. Is there sin in your life currently that you are pursuing that is leading you away from your walk of obedience with the Lord? If there is, the call is to repent this morning. One of the greatest hindrances in our lives as believers that quenches the work of the Spirit of God within us is sin that is unconfessed in our lives. And this is a moment for us to recognize that as believers and to say, I can no longer pursue that. I need to turn from that and follow Jesus. I want you to notice, secondly, The call to follow Jesus is a call to faith. It's not only a call to repentance first, it is a call to faith as well. 
Kids, I want to encourage you, if you want to draw a picture to help you think about what we're talking about when we talk about faith, draw a picture of a chair. Picture of a chair. We've, we've used this illustration before that, that faith is trusting in something to which you would put your entire weight, all of you are, into that. You did that this morning when you came in and sat in the chair that you were sitting in. You believed, you trusted that that chair would support your weight and would hold you up. And so Jesus, after declaring the times fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, the Savior is among you. Repent, but notice, and believe in the gospel. Repentance and faith are two sides of the same coin. Repentance and faith. A recognition and understanding that we must turn from our sin. But, but it's not just turning from our sin. It's turning and trusting totally in what Jesus Christ has done on our behalf. And so I would say to you this morning, if you're here and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, it begins with repentance. But, but it's not just repentance, a recognition that you're a sinner. It is a recognition that there is a Savior who has laid his life down to save you from your sin. So don't just turn from your sin, turn to Jesus Christ and place your faith and trust in him alone for salvation. You know, as you think through that, there's a couple of things that I just will never do because I do not trust the process. Just want to lay a couple of them out for you. I will never bungee jump. Never. Never. Like you could not, if you laid a million dollars on the table, Pastor Cody, I don't want you to get upset about this because I know we're about to walk into a vision campaign and a million dollars will go a long way. I get it. I am not bungee jumping for a million bucks. I'm not doing it. I will not jump out of a plane, even with a parachute. No way. And I have gotten so bad, church, it has gotten so bad. I, I will not. I will not. Ride a ride at the fair. I won't do it. I will not do it. Our kids in here are thinking, I love the fair. I love being able to get on the rides. I love going to the fair to get donuts. That's why I go. You say, Pastor, why, why, why would you not do those things? Because I do not trust them. I don't trust them. I've heard way too many horror stories of bungee cords breaking. I saw a video just this past week, and I thought, that's why. That's it. That's why I will never do that. Somebody said, well, the guy landed in water. He was fine. No. He is traumatized for the rest of his life. Not doing it. Do not trust. But can I remind you that there is one person that we can trust who will never let us down. And his name's Jesus. 
We don't have to worry that he is not sufficient to pay the debt for our sins because he has declared it is finished. We don't have to worry that we are going to walk one day and not know that we're saved because the promise that he's made is that if he has us in his hand, there's no one that can snatch us out of his hand. The promise that Jesus has made is faith in him is enough. And so I want to encourage you, if you've never come to that point of placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, this today is your moment of trusting in Him alone for your salvation. But believer, already following Jesus, let me ask you this. Where are you tempted not to trust the Lord in your life? Where are you tempted to look and to think in your mind, I, I don't know that I can trust him with that. Is it your marriage? Is it your job? Is it raising kids? Is it unmet expectations that you thought were going to be fulfilled by someone or something? I want you to hear me this morning. Jesus Christ is sufficient. For us. As a follower of Jesus, repentance, faith. I want you to notice in verse 16, as we continue looking at our passage this morning of this third truth, the call to follow Jesus is a call to mission. It's a call to repentance. It's a call to faith. It is also a call to mission. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea. Just in case you were not with it, he follows that up with, for they were fishermen. It's helpful, right? And Jesus said to them, follow me. Repent. Believe. But notice what he tells them. And I will make you become fishers of men. For us as followers of Jesus, we cannot overlook the reality that Jesus has saved us for a purpose. And that is, as a follower of Jesus, we should be focused on helping other people follow Jesus. Our passion, our burning desire as a follower of Jesus is to help other people follow Jesus. We talk about three services, talk about creating space. That's what we're talking about. A heart of recognition and understanding that we want people to experience what we have been able to experience. And so we're willing to do whatever it takes for that to happen. Kids, I want to encourage you, if you want to draw a picture to represent this, draw a picture of a globe to help us recognize and understand that the mission that God has given each of us as followers of Jesus to fulfill is the great commission, that is to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to follow all that Jesus has commanded. That is the mission that we have, that's the mission to which we have been called what I love, and I want to encourage you, if you work through the passages that I've laid out for you, 
in Luke chapter 5, you find out that the story of what's going on here is much bigger than what Mark records. I love it because Mark's just right to the facts. He says, Jesus said, follow me, make you become fishers of men. Verse 18, immediately they left their nets and they followed him. And then he moves further. He sees the sons of Zebedee and says, you guys follow me too. Well, what Luke tells us is absolutely fascinating. Because Luke says that Jesus heads into this region, into this area, and there is a great crowd that's following him. And so he gets in Simon's boat on the edge of the sea. And he sits down and begins teaching the crowd that's there. And Luke says that Simon and his brother, they are washing their nets off to the side. Just, just kind of envision this. They're washing their nets. They look over and there's this guy in their boat. And he's teaching. And then after that ends, it says that Jesus called Simon, his brother, and says, hey, let's go do a little fishing. To which their response is, we have fished all night and we caught nothing. Just for your benefit. That's why they call it fishing and not catching. They have fished all night. They've caught absolutely nothing. And Jesus says, let's go out. And put your nets out. These are professional fishermen. They put their nets down. And there are so many fish in their nets. That they look at their partners across the water the sons of Zebedee, and they say, you guys, come help us get all of these fish that we have caught. And Simon Peter looks at Jesus and makes a startling statement. He says, I am a sinner. He recognized in that moment the reality of who Jesus Christ was. That he is the son of God. He is the long-awaited Messiah that they have been looking for. And we look in Mark's account and Mark says, Jesus said to them, hey, come follow me. Luke says, here's the story. And that's why they went and followed Jesus. And Jesus said to them, I will make you fishers of men. The call to follow Jesus is not a call to comfort. It's not a call to complacency. It's not a call to consumerism. The call to follow Jesus is a call to carry the good news of the gospel into this community that God has called us to live in and beyond to the ends of the world. That's what he's called us to do. So if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, are you willing to join the mission of making disciples, followers of Jesus, whatever it takes? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me this morning. We're going to transition to a time of reflection, a time of communion this morning. As our worship team makes their way back up. 
I want to remind you if this morning you have not yet taken that step of repenting of your sin and trusting in Jesus Christ alone for salvation, that this is the moment for you today. We'd love to share with you what that looks like in just a little bit. As our service ends, our pastors will be down front. We'd love to to follow up with you and to help you in that. If you're already a follower of Jesus this morning, you've already taken that step. As we prepare to take communion this morning, is there sin in your life currently that you need to repent of? And are there areas in your life currently where if you are honest right now, you are struggling to trust the Lord in? As we prepare to take communion, this is a moment for you to confess that sin, believer. Between you and the Lord right in this moment and to turn from it. This is a moment for you to confess your trust, your faith, and walking in obedience to the Lord. Father, we are so thankful for this opportunity to look at your word. We're thankful for this opportunity to worship you. God, for those in this room that are not yet followers of Jesus, would today be the day of salvation for them? And God, for us who are followers of Jesus, would you bring conviction to our hearts right now? A willingness to repent and to turn from the sin that we're battling with currently. Got to trust you. We ask that in Jesus' name. I want to ask you, if you would, to stand with me as we sing this chorus. And as soon as we finish that, our Guys, we'll come forward and we'll celebrate communion together. But you stand and sing.